This is the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Chris Schmedeke. The NBA playoffs are here, and the Denver Nuggets are the number one seed in the Western Conference. So I am joined by Vinny Benedetto and Tyler King to break down the whole NBA playoffs. Stay tuned. Welcome to the NBA playoffs and the number one seed Denver Nuggets, who start on Sunday. We don't know who they're going to play yet, but we're going to preview the playoffs anyway with Vinny Benedetto. Vinny, how we doing? Good. How you doing, Chris? Doing well. And Tyler King is joining us as well. Tyler, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Chris? Really good. I love the NBA playoffs. I think it's going to be a, a good time. So uh, I'm excited to talk to you guys about the Nuggets and maybe even dive in a little bit on the NBA in general. So like I said, the Nuggets do start at Ball Arena on Sunday. We don't even know what game time yet, correct, Vinny? Yeah, that's right. I'm guessing it'll kind of depend on the matchup. You know, if it's Nuggets-Lakers, they might be in more of a uh, primetime matchup. If it's Nuggets-anyone else, it might be uh, a little lower on the pecking order, I think. Yeah, we're probably heading for that 8.30 start that (laughs) Sunday night. But anyway, so the NBA play-in begins tomorrow. Uh, The Lakers will play the Timberwolves. So for people who don't know how to play in works, I'll do a quick overview. The winner of that game is a seventh seed and will play Memphis. The loser of that game drops to the game that will be played on Friday, which they will play then the winner of Pelicans Thunder. And then that winner will play the Nuggets. So there are four teams the Nuggets could play. So I'll just go ahead and start. And Vinny, I'll go to you first. Out of those four teams, who's the worst matchup? I think we know the answer. Yep. And then who's the best matchup? Yeah, I'll I'll give you two for the worst matchups. I think we'll probably all be in an agreement that it's the Lakers are are the team the Nuggets least want to see. Yeah. Um, and this might be a bit of a surprise, but I think the Thunder might be second on that list of teams they don't want to see, just because I think they might be so young that they don't know what they don't know. Um, and they've 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 played the Nuggets tough every time the last couple of years that I've seen. I think Shea is probably you know, out of the Timberwolves, Pelicans, and Thunder, at least, I think he's probably the star that 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 brings the most concern for the Nuggets. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be if I was a Nuggets fan, I wouldn't be thrilled about a Thunder matchup. Uh, I guess if there's one team that that uh, I, I would choose for the Nuggets to pick, it might be the Timberwolves. I just the team that punches know, each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, the the Warriors at least had the entire season to to sort through that. The uh, Timberwolves are dealing with that in a even more public view uh you know 72 hours before the play and begins probably isn't ideal so give me the Timberwolves if I'm a Nuggets fan all right Tyler I'm sure you agree with the Rake, the Lakers opinion yeah definitely I, I just the way they're playing right now obviously getting hot at the right time healthy at the right time Anthony Davis is playing really well definitely a bad matchup for the Nuggets should that should that happen then I do agree that I think the Timberwolves is probably the ideal matchup for the Nuggets um if you're, if you're picking I fully agree with what Vinny said about the Thunder I think that would be a really dangerous matchup um should OKC get into the eighth seed and get to play the Nuggets I think there's a real chance they could steal one of the first two games in Denver just because I think like what Vinny said with Shea Gilgis Alexander he could be headed for a first team all-NBA this season and I don't think there's a question that he would be the second best player in the series behind Nikola Jokic. I don't think there should be much debate about that. I think just the way he's played this season, averaging over 30 points per game, he he's just a guy that could take over a game or two and, and could really give the Nuggets a struggle and have that game go six or seven games, or the series, excuse me, 
go six or seven games. And obviously, you know, Jalen Williams, they have two Jalen Williams on OKC, but the, the Santa Clara more uh, prominent. The better Jalen Williams. Uh, yeah, the better Jalen Williams, the wing Jalen Williams is having an outstanding season and will probably finish runner up and rookie of the year behind um, the Magic's Paolo Bancaro. But there, there's just a lot of guys I really like on that Thunder team. Obviously, Josh Giddy as well as a real glue guy. Um, so, yeah, I think the Timberwolves is actually probably the matchup because, I mean, obviously we know Rudy Gobert was announced this morning that he won't be playing against the Lakers in the first playing game, but he'll be playing should the rest of the, the playoffs, um, should they advance, um, he'll be playing in the second playing game if they lose. So and I just think that's a bad matchup for, for the Timberwolves playing against, against Denver. I think pulling Gobert out from the, close to the basket where Jokic likes to play, obviously he's not a traditional, hasn't really been a traditional post-up guy this season. He's kind of running the offense for whether it's from the elbow, from the free throw line, even from the three point line. I mean, I think, that's probably the best matchup for for the Nuggets playing that that T Wolves team. I know Anthony Edwards is really good. Can kind of is another one of those guys that could take over a game or two in a series, but I don't think to the degree that Shea Gilles, Gilles Alexander could for the Thunder. Um, and just like you said, there, there's some bad vibes right now with with the T Wolves with Kyle Anderson and Gobert getting into it on Sunday afternoon. So I would definitely think that could be a, a series the Nuggets could have a, a gentleman sweep, a five five game a four and four one win over them. It's really funny because, well, first of all, the Thunder would have to win two road games to get that eight seed. So there, there is that tough part of it. And you guys didn't mention the Pelicans, but I'm going to talk about the Pelicans because every time the Nuggets play the Pelicans, I seem to hate it. Um, <laughs> and this is without Zion. You know, I I like Brandon Ingram a lot. I think he poses – I mean, he's, he's trouble for anybody, but he seems to be a little bit too quick maybe for Aaron Gordon, maybe too big for KCP. So he's a tough matchup for them. And honestly, I think the Pelicans may be the team the Nuggets end up playing because Minnie loses tomorrow night to the Lakers. I, I just don't think Minnie is going to beat the Pelicans if the Pelicans beat the Thunder. Now, that could change if the Thunder win. But, yeah, I just, you know, I I worry about the Pelicans. So I, I do agree, though, that I still think Minnie's the best matchup, but I don't think the Nuggets are going to get that matchup. I'll take a trip to New Orleans. For well, there you go. There's that, too. You know, <laughs> I mean – but what what did they what did they go against the New Orleans this year? They split with them, or they lost that game here, right? But oh, I guess and they that, beat them in New Orleans. They lost one in New Orleans because that was uh, they lost in December. They had that losing streak that was right. at Atlanta without Trey, right. and, and in in New Orleans they lost one. I'm pretty sure without Zion. Um, CJ McCollum's also one of those kind of guys that seems to give the Nuggets trouble in that like Jalen Brunson, Fred Van Vliet kind of mold where they don't, they're not elite athletes and they're maybe not exceptional at any one thing, but they're really, really good at just about everything offensively. So yeah, I think, I think New Orleans could be a, you know, I'd still think the Nuggets would be pretty heavily favored to advance, but I think that'd be a, it could be a six gamer for sure. You know, and it's been four years now, but, McCollum was huge in that Blazers series against the Nuggets in 19. He was the reason the Blazers beat the Nuggets, not Dame. So, but I mean, that's been four years now and he's been traded. So, all right, well, let's actually talk about the Nuggets then. Um, and Vinny, I'll ask you this question. This is something we've talked about, and it's just the pressure on Coach Michael Malone. He, his team kind of, they just coasted. Were they 11 and 12 since the All-Star break? I think that's the number I saw. Yeah. Um, and, you know, He's got to feel the heat a little bit because this team is healthy and this team is 
you know, fully loaded. Now they're rested. So, you know, they bow out early. There's going to be a lot, a lot of talk. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's going to be uh, a lot of talk, whatever, whatever phrase you want to use, unless they, I think the Western conference finals would be like the, okay, you've reached safety where like, if you get back there, I think. Um, they get blown up by Phoenix in the second round. No one's going to be thrilled. No, no, that's going to be a really tough look. And, and since the all-star break, I, I kind of am, I guess, team Malone on that one. because I guess there's the debate. Is it the coach's job to get the players to care? Or right. is it the coach's job to to give them the strategy and then it's on the players to go and play with the requisite effort to uh, win with that strategy? And I think I kind of fall into the latter category there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's been mentioned throughout this season by him and by others that like, this season and this season's success will not be dictated by whatever happened in the regular season. You know, the one seed is cool. Um, it's a small accomplishment, I guess, but yeah, if, uh, if they don't, if they don't advance past the the Suns or the Clippers and, and give somebody a fight in the Western conference finals, I think there's going to be a lot of discussion about, about the uh, coaching position going forward. So Tyler, where do you sit on that with like this stretch that they've been, I mean, they've just played poorly. Is it on Malone or is it on the players or is it a combo of both? I'm generally a person who believes that coaching doesn't have too much of an impact in the NBA. I think it's a player's league. So I I, I kind of agree with Vinny that I think it's definitely been on the players that have kind of coasted this last stretch. And I think the best, maybe most exciting games that the Nuggets have had the last month or so have been the bench games where the guy, the stars have sat just because you've seen the effort from guys like Peyton Watson, who I'm sure we'll talk about uh, quite a bit when we talk about playoff rotations and who should be in them. But obviously guys like Christian Brown, I mean, the younger guys that have shown a lot of effort off the bench um, and getting their chance to start putting these games down the stretch. I think those have been the most exciting games. And I think if you ask Malone, those might be the games he's maybe enjoyed coaching the most just because he's trying to get the most out of those, those limited lineups. But yeah, I think, I do think they just kind of, saw the standings at the all-star break. We're like, eh, we can kind of just coast this one. I don't think, obviously, Jokic doesn't care at all about individual awards. So I think he's trying to um, save himself for the playoffs because I, I agree. I think if they don't get back to the Western Conference Finals, there are going to be a lot of conversations about Michael Malone's future. I know he has a great relationship with Jokic and that holds a lot, a lot of weight in the organization. Um, and I don't know if Calvin Booth is going to want to make a change like that in his really first full off season, you know, fully running the show in Denver. Um, but there's conversations are going to have to be had if they don't get back to the West finals. I know if they play Phoenix in the second round, that's a bad matchup because you just asked, you asked just about anybody, they're picking them to win the West um, just with the way they're eight. No, with Durant in the lineup. I mean, and it's a limited sample size, but it's Kevin Durant. So I, I think a lot of people are going to be, picking them to, to beat the Nuggets in the second round and obviously to get to the back to the finals. So, yeah, I, I think the pressure is definitely there, but I think it should be maybe more on the players than, than Malone, just because I'm just a guy who believes that coaching to some certain extent has, has a limit of the impact it can have, and ultimately it's a player's league. So it's going to come down to whether Jokic can have his best playoffs ever if we – if Murray returns to the bubble form, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And, you know, even like Michael Porter Jr., if he can continue to shoot the ball like he has all season. But So, Tyler, I'll go to you because my next question was the the pressure on Nikola Jokic because I saw on ESPN Tim Bontemps is swearing that the most pressure in this playoffs is on Nikola Jokic. 
because of the MVPs. Now the full team is back. I don't know if I believe that, but so what do you think? I mean, you know, you say his best playoffs ever. Well, he's been pretty damn good in the playoffs already. And he, you know, he carried them past Portland that year when no one was around. So what do we just expect from the two-time MVP who will probably not be a three-time now? Yeah, I don't think there should be. I don't think Jokic is up there in terms of pressure around the league um, for sure, just because he has won back-to-back MVPs. I mean, I think voters at some point are going to want to see some sort of playoff experience. It's part of the reason why Giannis didn't win a third straight um, back back when Nicola won his first. I mean, to that point, Giannis hadn't won a finals or really made a deep run. Obviously, that year he ends up, he ends up winning the finals. But um, I, I think there's probably more pressure on on definitely Joel Embiid and, and the Sixers in the East. Um, I think there's pressure on Boston to get back. There's pressure on you know plenty of other teams in the West. Um, obviously not the Kings, but you know teams like the Clippers. That who knows what's going to happen if they get swept out of the first round or quickly dispatched by the Suns in the first round. Who knows what happens with the Suns? Chris Paul's aging. I, I do think there's a lot of teams, a lot of pressure across the league, and the Nuggets are one of them, but I don't think it's the – they have the most pressure. But um, like we've talked about, I do think there's going to be a lot of questions if they, you know, get beat pretty easily by the Suns in the second round. But, you know, going back to Jokic, I, I think, yes, he's played well individually in, in the playoffs before, but I think people are – maybe looking to see a deep run from, from him again. And I think a lot of people will, myself included, will characterize the bubbles West finals run as kind of Murray led just based off of the series he had against Utah. Um, Obviously against the Clippers as well. Jokic was great, but I think people just remember Murray's heroics more. And I think if Jokic is able to have a couple of those moments in the playoffs and get the Nuggets back to the West finals, that will do a lot for, solidifying what a lot of people believe around the league, which he is, he's the top player. So Vinny, you're around Jokic more than any of us. Does he even feel pressure? Cause he never shows it. In the past, I, I think I would have said no, but this year I think it's been more evident that, that things make their way to him. You know, he might, he might not seek out the conversation, but when you look back at, you know, the whole MVP debate and when it got pretty gross, you know, that stuff, that stuff made its way to him. And, and some people uh, think that, you know, that impacted, uh, I guess his play down the stretch, you know, in terms of, I didn't feel like he was going for the award. Um, So I think, I think things are definitely making it to Nicola more this year than they have in the past. Um, And, and I think he certainly puts pressure on himself, you know, he holds himself to a high standard. Not that that's, you know, I think that's probably the case for just about everybody in the NBA. Um, yeah, I think I think things are are getting to him, making them making their way inside his bubble bubble more this year than they have in the uh, previous seven years of his career. Is the calf any worry, or is he going to be fine? I think he's going to be fine. Okay, I figured it's weird because I haven't no one's seen him play for like a couple weeks now. It's just weird, like you know, you're used to seeing him out there all the time, and he just hasn't been. But yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine. So you know, you guys both mentioned. Uh, uh, Jamal Murray, his bubble run and all that stuff. Those will be his first playoff since the bubble. He looks like himself each game, but then there are still games where he struggles with his shot. So, Vinny, I'll start with you. You know, what do you expect from Jamal Murray? Because there is a lot of – I mean, and I was even thinking back in, in 2019, he has that awesome game two against the Spurs, or they go down 0-2 to the seven-seed Spurs in 19. So, he saved them a lot in the playoffs, and I'm sure – they're looking forward to him being on the court again for the playoffs. 
Yeah, and I, and I think he's showed at, at times this year he can re- – not that bubble level because I think holding him to that standard might be a little unfair mm-hmm. just because that was such an incredible string of performances. But he has shown the ability to, to take over an individual game at times this season like he did in the bubble. And I'm not, I'm not expecting that early. Um, you know, you asked about Nicola's calf. I don't have any concern there. But I do have a little bit of concern about Jamal's thumb just because I've jammed a thumb in basketball really yeah. badly before. And it's like, it's more important than you think to just grip strength and all that stuff. And it, you know, those things don't heal quickly. Um, so I think just with that and then the in- increased intensity in the playoffs where it's a little more physical, Jamal has seemed to kind of shy away from, from contact sometimes where he's pulling up for that floater instead of attacking the rim and, and finishing with those, you know, really acrobatic layups that we've seen in the past. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he got off to a little bit of a slow start in the playoffs, but he's definitely showcased the ability to, to play at that really high level that he, that he did in the bubble. So I, I I'd say give him a couple games to get used to the intensity and the physicality. And uh, then, then it's fair to expect that he might have some of those, you know, 30, 35 point games. You know, looking at the possible matchups, I mean, I don't think they're going to play the Lakers because I think the Lakers are going to blow Minnesota out tomorrow night. So, you know, if it's Mini, who's guarding him? Edwards, probably, maybe, or, you know, someone like that. If the Pelicans, it's probably Herb Jones, which is a tougher matchup. So he's going to see top defenders. So he'll, he's going to have to be ready for that. Tyler, I'm going to move off of Murray and talk about MPJ with you because. You know, he's really – Vinny and I have talked about this. He's accepted his role this year. He hits his open shots. He drives more. He rebounds. What do you think he's going to be like in the playoffs? Yeah, I think this is going to be a really big playoffs for, for Michael Porter Jr. as well. Obviously, he had the breakout season in, in 2019. That was that was his coming out party. And his numbers are similar, a little bit down from that year overall. But I do think this is the best version of Michael Porter Jr. that we've seen throughout his career. I mean, every game I've watched of him this season, I've been really impressed. Every time he shoots the ball, I think it's going in. He's just got that kind of confidence right now. And I think he's finally gotten the confidence of his teammates as well. Namely, obviously, Nikola Jokic, who famously in the past hasn't, you know, given given him the ball as much. But this year, it seems like he's really trying to find MPJ and get him those open threes because he has just been automatic. The percentage, like I mentioned, isn't what it was in his, his breakout season, but it's pretty darn close. Um, and like you mentioned, he is doing more than just being a spot-up shooter, which obviously has a lot of gravity with the way he's been shooting the ball. But, you know, the rebounding, I think, has been definitely improved. The, the driving, like you mentioned, Chris, um, if the Nuggets are going to make a West Finals run, it is going to be because Michael Porter Jr. is a legit third star and, you know, uh, playing – really well off of Jokic and Murray in, in the minutes that he plays a little bit with either of them. Um, obviously in the playoffs, it'll be the, the bench will, will shrink a little bit, but I, I do think he kind of complements both of them pretty well. He's able to kind of mold his game to fit playing along, alongside Nicola fit alongside playing Jamal. And he just has to be that, that perfect third star. If, if they're going to want to get past Phoenix in the second round, or even get past wherever it's Golden State or even the Lakers or whoever in the West Finals to, to, to make a run to the finals. I think it's it's really going to come down to, to MPJ's ability to impact on the offensive end and, and not be a, a total disaster on the defensive end. So, so Vinny, what, what happens, though? Because we know this game could come in the playoffs where he starts 0 for 5. And he's, you know, he's shown body language in the past. 
Um, you know, does he realize, oh, I better drive the hoop. I better, you know, <laughs> how many times has he dunked over his own teammate lately? Um, you know, things like that. Like, do you think in the playoffs that'll click for him too? Like, well, my shot's not there. I got to contribute in other ways. Yeah, I think that's going to be the, the most important part. And, and to Tyler's point at the end there, you know, he can't be the guy that that opposing teams are going at on every possession, putting him in the action and, and they're getting easy buckets. Um, but I, yeah, to the, to the offensive point, you know, if his shot's not falling, I think I think he's doing a better job of attacking closeouts, one or two dribbles, getting to the basket or, you know, getting to 15 feet for a pull up or um, I can't remember who it was in the last couple of weeks, but they were guarding him with with smaller defenders yeah um and he wasn't backing them down but he was getting them to 15 feet and shooting over them and that's like a, a pretty close to an automatic shot for him uh um, the warriors they put steph curry on it that's right that's right yeah <laughs> and like he's uh you know like he, he's not going to see steph's contest on those you know obviously they won't be playing the warriors until at least the conference finals but if, if another team tries that kind of a strategy and wants to put more size on jamal or something um, yeah, I think, I think Mike will be able to get to the mid range, attack the offensive glass, attack closeouts. I think that's going to be not as bread and butter. I can mean, cause that three point shot is elite, elite, yeah. especially on in catch and shoot situations. Um, but yeah, I think he's, he's diversified his game enough to where it's not a just run him off the three point line at all costs. So yeah, I think, I think his play just in general, both ends is going to be, you know, a really big determining factor in how far the Nuggets are able to take this thing. All right. So I'm just kind of going around the starting lineup here to start. So let's, let's talk Aaron Gordon, who, I mean, he, he hasn't played a lot either. <laughs> like it's funny because we haven't seen these guys play in a while. Um, but you know, his defense will be key. His rebounding will be key no matter who they match up with. So Vinny, I'll start with you. Like, what do you expect? You know, he'll be in the dunker spot. What What do you expect from him in the playoffs? You know, because last year they asked him to do so much in the playoffs, and that's just going to be not the case this year. Yeah, and uh, I guess he's he will likely be in the dunker spot unless opposing teams do that, put their four on Jokic yeah. and let the five roam kind of in that dunker spot. Um, and, like, Minnesota could do that, I think, pretty well with Towns and Gobert. I, I think that would be interesting. Um but yeah, it's interesting because if, if they do that, then that leaves Aaron to hang around the perimeter. And I I don't think you want him settling for threes or pull up 18 footers. So then it's about how else can he impact the game offensively, whether it's setting off ball screens, driving and kicking and doing that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, last year, I think he got asked to maybe do too much offensively in terms of creation. Um, that That's really just not his strength. Um so he's he's de- and he's definitely one of the guys who benefits from when the Nuggets have those games where they're getting defensive stops, getting out and running, and it's it's a dunk show. Like that, those are the kind of games that are seemingly made for Aaron. So yeah, it's going to be uh, a smaller offensive role, I think, but it's not that Aaron is going to be any less important. I think to the team's success, just because if he does allow teams to to sit off of him and and have a double team ready for whenever Nicola gets the ball in the post, he's got to be able to, to make them pay, I think better than he has at at stretches of the regular season. So that was my next question for Tyler is, is Gordon the guy that teams are going to sag off. They're going to say, well, if we're going to lose this game, we're going to lose because Aaron Gordon scored 20 points. 
Yeah, I definitely think if you're looking at anybody in the starting five, it's going to be Aaron Gordon that teams are going to not put their worst defender on just because your worst defender could be CJ McCollum if it's the Pelicans and you're not going to put CJ McCollum on Aaron Gordon. But just in general, I think, yes, he's going to get the least amount of attention where last season, like Vinny mentioned, he was obviously really the second the second leading playmaker, you know, second option for the Nuggets in the playoffs without Murray, without Michael. Um, you know, I think with Aaron, it's definitely going to be like what Vinny mentioned, trying to take advantage of when the ball does come to him, when teams do decide to, to double Nicola, because that is going to happen at some point in any series. Um, and it's going to be how well is he as a roller, setting screens for whether it's Jamal or setting screens for Bruce Brown off the bench, um, setting screens, you know, off ball screens for Christian Brown. And just obviously, like Vinny mentioned, his best attribute is on defense, namely, but on offense, it's when the Nuggets are able to get out and transition and he's able to use his athleticism and play above the rim. Um, that's definitely his best attribute. And I think, you know, if there is a series where teams are really just selling out to take, take Nicola's to limit Nicola's offensive abilities, then I do think Aaron's going to become just that more important on the offensive end. We don't have to worry about Nicola finding the right guy. They always, <laughs> they always have that. He'll find the open guy. So, and the last guy in the starting lineup is the one guy who has a championship ring. He won the bubble title with the Lakers, and that's KCP. You know, it seemed like he broke out of his shooting slump. Was that in Utah when the starters played a little bit? But he couldn't hit a shot for the longest time. But his defense is probably what's more important in the playoffs. So, Vinny, what do you see from him? Yeah, I think I mentioned this before, but I think he's going to be one of those guys who's benefiting the most from this week off between yesterday's regular season finale and, and Sunday's playoff opener. Um, his his right wrist has been something he's been on and off the injury report with that. I think he was really pretty sick last week. There was uh, that game. I think it was the Warriors. Is the Warriors game when he came out in the middle of the game and he just looked like he was going to pass out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought he might have gotten a hit in, in the groin, we'll call it, because he was, yeah. like, hunched over and, like, looked to be pretty uncomfortable. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, his shooting struggles, I think, extended beyond the illness and, and you know, whatever wrist issues he's had. But um, just what he what he's asked to do defensively for this team in terms of, like, all those illegal screens he draws, you don't draw those fouls without there being contact on the play. And sometimes that means it's a knee going into your thigh and just, you know, different stuff like that, that, that doesn't feel great. Um, so I think maybe some of his shooting struggles as a whole and, and just not playing up to to his potential as a whole recently might have more to do with just little bangs and bumps that, that accumulate over the course of the season and can can become problematic towards the end I, so yeah i think he's going to be one of those guys uh who should be most rested by by sunday because his defensive intensity allows you know maybe jamal murray to um to use more of his energy on the offensive end um and he's gonna need to knock down open shots just to you know teams are gonna say off aaron but they they, they there can't be two guys they sag off and KCP shouldn't be one unless he's you know if he starts cold one or two games you know maybe teams change up a little bit but uh yeah I think I think this this week off will do him well does this shooting slump bother you at all Tyler does that worry you uh, no I don't think so I I really believe that KCP whatever he did in the regular season is kind of just in the rear view mirror because he was brought to Denver for the playoffs it's it's yeah. pretty evident that 
they're not they don't care really exactly i mean obviously they don't want him to be a disaster but um kcp is here to help this nuggets team get over the hump get back to the west finals get to the finals because he's the only guy in that locker room that's really done it before so you know he just needs to be a guy that is a reliable defender and is knocking down his open shots if he's not open knocking not knocking down his open threes then i think there's cause for concern in, in whether that's in round one round two whatever um, but he's going to be counted on to guard, whether it's CJ McCollum, if they get the Pelicans in round one, he's going to be counted on to guard Devin Booker in round two against the Suns. Um, that's what he was brought here to do. And like I said, knock down open threes when they come to him, which obviously he has struggled a little bit in the second half of the season, particularly since the all-star break. But I, the, for me, a veteran like that, I'm not overly concerned because his reason for being on this team is for right now in the playoffs. And if he's not going to deliver – in the playoffs, then, I mean, nobody's going to talk about what he did in the regular season anyway. So, The, the one thing I feel with him is if his shot's not falling, he's going to find ways to contribute. He'll, he'll you know, he'll, I don't know how many times you watch a game and he just gets his hand out there in that passing lane and it starts to break. So, yeah, I'm not worried about him. I mean, like you said, Calvin Booth traded for him for now, like this time of the year, April and May, not – not December. So, all right, so let's talk about uh, the bench, which is everybody's favorite topic in, in Nuggets Nation and on Twitter. And, of course, everyone's favorite new Nugget, which is Peyton Watson. But, anyway, um, so I'll, I'm just going to ask you guys right now, does Peyton Watson play in the playoffs? That, that I'm just going to start right there. Before we get into the rotation or anything, has he earned 10 minutes off the bench? Vinny, I'll start with you. Uh, you just say no, maybe, and I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm So – I guess I'm I'm going to take it beyond just the simple yes, no. I think it might be first two games of the first round. Give him five or eight minutes. and In front of the home crowd. Hopefully you win those games. Yeah. And it, that allows you to lighten the load on some of the other guys. Um, but as soon as it gets to a game five, game six, or the second round, I think it's going to be a pretty much an eight-man rotation going forward. And I just don't think he has the uh, – I guess the sample size or, you know, uh, I think it's a lot of it is about trust at this point and he just hasn't played enough meaningful minutes um, to, to put himself in that position. That is not to take away from what he's done in these, these games where the nuggets have rested the starters and played primarily their bench. Cause like those flashes appear to be real and should be cause for genuine excitement for next year and moving forward. I just don't think, I don't think we can expect too much from him in the playoffs. Tyler, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I fully agree with what Vinny yeah. just said there. I mean, I think if you look at, like, the March All-Stars in NBA history, it's not going to be, like, the guys who show up in March aren't always the guys who are showing up in May. Um, and I do think what Vinny said, there is there are genuine signs with Peyton Watson that he could be a contributor down the line and could be a very useful player for this, for this franchise in the coming years. But I just do not think it should be this year at all like like Benny said there's just has he just has not played nearly enough meaningful minutes to earn Michael Malone's trust I mean hell Christian Brown who I think should be the sixth man of this team on some nights is sometimes just randomly out of the rotation for some reason because he's a rookie and he's definitely been the Nuggets a top seven player on the Nuggets like all season long um so I don't think Peyton Watson who's definitely a March all-star I'll give him that he is a March all-star in the NBA but I don't think he should be getting any reasonable minutes in the playoffs maybe if the nuggets are up by 20 in the fourth quarter and they just don't want to put they want to 
try to steal some rest for Nicola at the end of a game in round one, that's fine. Or if they're getting blown out in a game and it's just like, oh, we're throwing the white flag. But I don't think while a game is, you know, in while a game is to be won or to be lost, I don't think Peyton Watson should be out there. I just, just not yet. Maybe next year. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think this could show with Christian Brown and Peyton Watson that Bruce Brown is probably a one-year thing because he's probably going to get super paid in the off season. So, so let's just, you know, Vinny, you mentioned eight man rotation. So, I mean, clearly it's Bruce Brown. It's Christian Brown. Is it Jeff green? Is it Zeke? Is it, who's that eighth guy? I think right now I would Reggie Jackson. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think right now I'd lean toward Zeke just because I really like the idea of Jamal and Aaron staggering with the bench. Yeah. And so then you wouldn't need as much. um, You wouldn't need Jeff Green as much. And Zeke could kind of give you that positional versatility where he could play backup four, backup five, I think, reasonably well. Um, He had a couple shots, which I think was was encouraging to see. Um, But Zeke, I think, just gives you that if teams are going to go small, you think of like that Warriors death lineup where it's the Nuggets kind of need to be able to switch everything. I think Zeke is probably the most suited to uh, to do that kind of play that kind of role. Um, but Jeff's experience and I think confidence, you know, Jeff will shoot a, any the right shot that, that yeah. comes his way, whereas Zeke, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a little bit more tentative in the postseason situations. Um, right now I'll lean Zeke, but but I think Jeff – you know, it might be 51% Zeke, 40, 49% Jeff right now for me. So, so Tyler, who's your eighth man? Um, I would I would lean Zeke Nanji right now, but I think once we get past round one, it might be a seven-man rotation. <laughs> I really awesome. I really do not like any of the bench guys outside of the two Browns. Um, I just don't have much confidence in any of those guys. Obviously, Reggie Jackson hasn't worked out. Thomas Bryant hasn't worked out. Jeff Green, eh, I don't know if I trust him in the playoffs. He's looked good at times. He's helped him in some really key games in the regular season. I just don't – I just see him getting switched on to Kevin Durant at every possible – every possession he's on the floor defensively and just getting roasted. And God bless Jeff Green. He's had a long career, um, very successful career. He's made a lot of money. I just don't think he's going to be able to play in the playoffs. So I, I think if there's going to be an eighth guy, it'll be Zeke definitely in the first round. Um, you're not going to want to go that short of a bench that quickly, but round two and beyond, I, I really do think it's going to be a seven man rotation and you're playing Nicola 42, 43 minutes a game. And Aaron Gordon is going to be the backup center for those five, six, seven minutes that Nicola doesn't play. You know, I saw an inter- I'm sure you guys may have saw it too. The interesting stat that Jeff Green and Kevin Durant are the last two Sonics in the league that they actually <laughs> both played for Seattle. So, you know, that just shows how long both those guys have been in the league. And But, yeah, I I think you're probably right with the seven-man rotation in the second round. You know, if the second round is Phoenix, you know, and Aiton gives Jokic some trouble. So that, that could be a, a bad foul trouble series if Jokic gets in foul trouble or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think you're – it as mu- I've praised Calvin Booth on here with Vinny many times, but they kind of swung and missed at the trade deadline this year. Yeah, they definitely did. I mean, Reggie was, I think, a smart pickup. Just you're trying to look for some kind of backup point guard. But I think Bruce is going to be the backup point guard in the playoffs. So I don't think that one's as big. I think the Thomas Bryant 
miss is more egregious just because I mean, I remember writing when the Clippers came to to Denver near the end of February, it was when, um, you know, I, I talked with, I caught up with Mason Plumley and just like, he's the last and maybe only good backup center that Nicola has ever had. Like we just look at the guys that have been here since Mason left. It just hasn't, they haven't gotten much of anything out, out of the backup center spot this year. I don't know what the Deandre Jordan good vibes Deandre Jordan brings. Like, I don't know. And then you're, you're kind of hoping that maybe Zeke Naji turns into something, although it seemed like they maybe were going to play him more as a four than anything, but now he's kind of the backup five, but the stretch five at least. Um, and I like Zeke Naji. I think he could be a decent player in the future. Um, but I, I really think that they really needed to get a backup center that you could rely on for just like eight to 10 minutes in the playoffs. And Thomas Bryant isn't even that. I mean, he's been out of the rotation for like a month now. So, I mean, he's only really played in these games where – the bench has been so short that they've had to, but yeah, I do think, you know, I'll, I'll always go to bat for Calvin Booth, one of my Penn state alums, but um, <laughs> you know, um, I, I do, I do think that they do miss, they did miss a big opportunity to ha- get some more impact, impactful bench guys at the trade deadline. You know, I don't, I don't know who it would have been, but yeah, it, it seems like the, the only thing is, you know, if you staggered Jamal, like you said, Vinny, then he's not on the court with Nicola all the time. And that two-man game is what makes the Nuggets work. Yeah, they'll. I mean, they'll definitely be out there a lot of the time, but and, and definitely for the final eight or nine minutes or whatever the game dictates. But I, I think the the belief behind staggering Jamal, at least for Malone, is he feels like he needs to have one of those guys on the court at all times yeah. just to keep him above water, um, which. I, I I see that thinking, but they've tried so many different bench units this year with Jamal being a part of them, whether it was when Bones was here or whether it's been since, you know, Bruce has played more backup one or Reggie Jackson's been here. And, like, it just hasn't been great for any variation of that lineup. So I'm kind of with you where I'd let, try some different things, let, let Bruce be a backup one and, you know, stick – Jamal or keep Jamal and Joker's minutes kind of tied together. Um, but removing Jamal from that bench unit, I think could set up for some just like Hiller stretches where you see a five point lead turn into a five point deficit in a matter of five minutes. And that's scary when it's game six, <laughs> you know? All right. So let's go ahead and uh, let's just talk overall feeling going in. You know, it's tough to do too many predictions because we don't know who they're going to play. I think we all agree they're going to get out of the first round. Am I right on that? Yeah. 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 Okay. And then it's probably going to be, I will say, I feel that Nuggets nation will be very, very big Clipper fans starting on Saturday. Trying to make that a long series, at least. The yeah, Nuggets like a long want series. That series to go Chris Paul's hamstring gets tight. I don't know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> not the wish injury. Because, you know, honestly, I think basketball fans would be thrilled to watch full-strength Phoenix, full-strength Denver. I think that could be a long series, too. It may just not end the way Nuggets fans want. But I think – so if I put my fan hat on for the way I feel about the Nuggets going to the playoffs, it's just like cautious – kind of cautious. Cautious. I can talk. <laughs> because, um, you know, this hasn't been a great stretch, but they did their work in December and January when they built this lead. They 
beat the Clippers at home when they needed to. They beat Memphis at home when they needed to. They never felt the need to play Phoenix full strength because they didn't need to. So I just feel that there's – I have some optimism, but there still has to be that little worry what's going to go wrong. So, Vinny, I'll go to you. Just how do you feel with them going in, just overall? Yeah, I've been – so there's been the whole how much weight do we put on the last month of the regular season debate, and I've kind of been on the the team where the Nuggets have been able to flip that switch when they've wanted to. You you talk about that big game with Memphis where the tiebreaker was up for grabs, um, the games against Milwaukee and Philadelphia, even if they mm-hmm. weren't full strength, like the Nuggets showed up and played with the requisite intensity. So I'm kind of more on maybe they have found that switch where they can turn it on and off, and I think. I think the first round matchup, as long as it's not the Lakers, will provide the Nuggets the necessary runway to get back into playing at that intensity on an every game kind of basis. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was a hiccup or two in the first round. Um, but by, you know, by the end of the first round, I feel like the Nuggets, that should be enough time for the Nuggets to really kind of be fully clicking, um, playing up to to the potential because, you know, I think the group should feel some sort of collective pressure just because, it's been how long since, you know, people, fans have been waiting for this postseason run for at least two years now where, you know, injuries have, have kind of lowered the team ceiling for the last couple of years. And it's always been, all right, well, wait for, wait for this year is, is kind of what it's felt like um, from the fans and, and just around the team. So yeah, it, the, the time feels like now and, you know, Potentially getting Phoenix in the second round is a a, a tough break, I guess. In in when you're looking at this season this way with with this much important kind of based on importance based on the postseason run, um, but it it wasn't going to be easy any way you sliced it up. So I think I think Nuggets fans should be feeling confident. There should be a little little concern, I think, just because if they don't get out of if they don't put up a fight in the second round, there might be some changes, and, and then what. It was, was this did this end up being their best chance to win a championship with this core I think I think that could very well be the case but uh they I, they've, they've showed me enough that I'm not you know expecting disaster all right Tyler what do you think yeah I do think that the last month or so shouldn't be too much of a cause for concern because I agree with Vinny that I do think it's going to be a completely different team when the playoffs when game one rolls around next Sunday um, but yeah, there, there has to be pressure on this group. Like Vinny said, there's been so much anticipation for the core to finally have for things to align injury wise, um, whatnot that they can make of the run with this core. Once they made that Aaron Gordon trade, um, that there was kind of that, ad, you know, increased expectations, kind of adding a player like that to play the fourth guy on a team. Um, and I do think, like you mentioned earlier, Chris, with Bruce Brown probably being a one-year experiment, not really experiment here, but only going to be here for one year. He's probably going to be too expensive for the Nuggets to bring back. And then you're losing your sixth man next season, and that's a tough guy to replace. Um, this might be their best shot. And, you know, it, like Vinny said, it's tough luck that they're probably going to get the Nuggets or the excuse me, the Suns in round two and that's probably the West finals. I, I would say is Nuggets Suns in round two that whoever wins that series is probably going to go to the finals, but that's what happens sometimes. And, you know, great players have to make the jump and get over that hurdle. At some point we saw 
Giannis do it two years ago when 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 the Bucks won the championship. We haven't seen Joel Embiid do it yet. Obviously, he hasn't reached the conference finals, but all the other, you know, really great players. My dog is not uh, happy, but um, um, definitely, you know, this has to be the year for for Nicola to, to make that jump. And along with, he's not going to be able to do it alone. Obviously, he's going to need help from Jamal, from MPJ, from Eric Gordon, um, from KCP. Um, so I, I do think that yeah, there should be plenty of maybe cautious energy surrounding the Nuggets right now, just because, I mean, that's what comes with pressure and that's what comes with being the number one seed and playing as well as it did throughout the season. All right. I said I wasn't going to do predictions, but I lied. I think we're going to do them anyway. So um, I'm going to go ahead and start. I think it's so hard because I think if they get by Phoenix, they make the finals because I think they can beat anybody in the Western conference finals that comes out outside of the bracket. So you know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and, and say that I think they beat Phoenix in seven, and then they beat whoever in the Western Conference Finals. But I think they'd lose in the finals to Milwaukee. If that, that that's my prediction, because I just think Milwaukee is another level. I mean, you know, they did beat Milwaukee in that game, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and and Milwaukee tried in that game. That that was not a, a rest game like we were worried it was going to be. But I just think they'd have to start in Milwaukee, and that's a tough place to play. So I think they'd lose in the finals, but. So I'm going to say they're going to beat Phoenix in the second round. But you guys, what do you got? Vinny, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Chris, on the uh, if they get past Phoenix. I think I think we're all in agreement there that if they get past Phoenix, they're probably headed to the finals. Um, but I have some real doubts that they can get past Phoenix. So I'll, I'll go Suns in six. I just uh, – man, Kevin Durant still like yeah is just a nightmare. I mean, I don't know how you guard – he's the kind of guy like – he can just blow up your entire defense and like, there's no great answer for it. You know, like if he's on, he's like the only one who can slow him down. It feels like sometimes um, Devin Booker is like ascending and Chris Paul is now asked to do so much less. So like, even if he isn't feeling great, he's kind of like, we saw it, I think in the last game where he just became like a spot up shooter, which he's off ball a lot. Yeah, which isn't, I wouldn't say his strength, but, you know, if they can even get him in some isolations where he can just walk people down to 17 feet, he can still be pretty productive, pretty productive player. Um, so, yeah, that that would be a, a really tough out for the Nuggets if if I am correct in predicting Suns in six. Uh, I think that would be like the the most challenging result in terms of determining how to how to address things moving forward and it would certainly um bring up some not so great memories for nuggets fans of the the sweep a couple years ago but i just kevin durant's uh, uh just a bit too much for this nuggets team i think that has struggled at times defensively all right tyler what do you got i have the same thing i do have nuggets uh losing in six to the suns in the second round and i have Phoenix making it all the way to the, the finals and probably coming up short repeat of two years ago, Bucks, Bucks, Suns. I think the Bucks will get past them um, just because I think the East has just been the, the top of the East at least has been much better than the top of the West uh, this season. Um, and I just think it's really hard for teams to make a midseason acquisition of any kind really, but of real significance, like acquiring Kevin Durant and going on to win a title. But I do think like Vinny mentioned, I, I, I just see, Kevin Durant getting switched on to Michael Porter Jr. a thousand times a game and Devin Booker, you know, getting Jamal Murray on a switch and and, and torching him. Like, I, I just think 
both of those guys are going to be able to, even if one of them isn't having a good game, I think one of the other will be. And I just don't know if that's going to be enough for, I don't know if the Nuggets going to be able to keep up. Because like you mentioned, Chris, even DeAndre Ayton has given Nikola Jokic some troubles in the past. And I, and I do think the Suns team was just a bad matchup. And it's unfortunate because, like I said earlier, I do think Nuggets-Suns in, in round two is the West Finals. And it won't be the West Finals. Um, even if we all say it is effectively the West Finals. Um, and, and it could lead to an offseason where, like like I mentioned before, Bruce Brown's probably not coming back price-wise. And there's just a lot of questions about how does this Nuggets team get over the hump with coaching-wise and um, with the supporting cast on the bench. I think it's going to be – it could make for an interesting offseason of, you know, like we've, like we've said multiple times throughout this, you know, video that this might be the Nuggets' best chance and they just might end up running into a buzzsaw in round two. Who comes out of the other side of the West bracket, do you guys think? Is it the Lakers? It, it's setting up for the State. Lakers. It does. Like, I think they beat Memphis. Yeah. Yeah, I think they beat Memphis, but I think Golden State um, might be the – I think it might be Suns, Warriors in, in the West Finals. Just I think as much as I love that Sacramento team and how fast they play and how like the beam and how fun it's just been for that franchise to get back to this point um, – snapping that that ridiculously long playoff drought i do think they're just gonna get punked by the, the big brothers from a little bit further west and with wiggins coming back i think the warriors will be playing just well enough to get past them and the lakers but i think they'll lose to the suns and kevin durant will get his revenge it'll be i would i would love that you know <laughs> phoenix and golden state and the west finals kevin durant getting his revenge on or, or whatever you want to call it you know kind of yeah. proving a point against golden state would be pretty fun to watch i think I, I don't know how many Sacramento fans are – I mean, you, like you said, they've had a great year, and I think, you know, Mike Brown is going to be coach of the year. He, that's probably why Malone's not going to get as many votes. And, you know, they have to play Golden State in the first round, and there's a possibility they'd play the Lakers in the second round. They they cannot be thrilled with that at all. No, but I think if you're Sacramento, as long as you don't get swept out of the first round, I think you just got to be thrilled with this season as a whole. Um I think they're still young enough where like yeah. if, Keegan Murray, if Keegan Murray makes the jump like yeah I think they've they've got a you know they could string a stretch of playoff appearances together as opposed to lottery picks together um but yeah I think and I think that might be a challenge for Sacramento is not being complacent because there's so much celebration about ending the playoff streak and so yeah, I, I'd be I'd be a little concerned if uh, I was a Kings fan. They're a little bit like the 2019 Nuggets. Young yeah. team, nobody saw it coming. And, you know, in that year the Nuggets got the Spurs in the first round. They beat them, but they got the Spurs in the first round. So, all right, guys, thanks for doing this. Uh, the NBA playoffs start. Well, I guess they start Tuesday night with the play-in games, and then go on for months. It seems like, but for basketball fans, it's really exciting. Like I said, the Nuggets start Sunday. So make sure you go to denvergazette.com to see this video and more videos we're going to do. And also check out all our coverage of Nuggets and everything else in Denver sports. So thanks, guys, for coming on, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.